Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today, we begin Ezra. Our readings are Ezra chapters 1 through 3. Rabbit Trails The main point of the rabbit trails today, just as in the time of Ezra, we are living in times long since prophesied about. A few quick notes about Ezra. This book is widely believed to be authored by Ezra, and the first-person nature of chapter 8 seems to support this. Ezra was a direct descendant of Aaron, see Ezra 7 verses 1 through 5, which would make him a Levitical priest, in addition to being a scribe. The book of Ezra contains historical information on two different periods of time following the 70 years of Israel being captive in Babylon. Ezra 1 through 6 covers the return of Israel and the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. Ezra 7 through 10 begins more than 60 years after this, as Ezra leads a second group of exiles to Israel. The events in Ezra are set in Jerusalem and the surrounding area. The returning exiles were able to populate only a tiny portion of their former homeland. Ezra's Passion We will see in this book that Ezra's passion was to return Yahweh's people to His ways, teachings, commandments, and wisdom. Ezra is deeply regarded both in Judaism and early Christianity as having guided believers back onto the path of obedience. Now, here's an interesting little story for you. In his zeal to return Yahweh's people to obedience, tradition and extra-biblical texts state that he enacted ten standing orders among the Jews, four of which are intended to help honor the Sabbath, but one of interesting note states that Jewish women and or girls, as a precautionary measure, be accustomed to conversing with one another while one of their party goes to relieve herself. No doubt, if your companion quit speaking suddenly, it made the remainder of the party aware that something had happened to her. Now, this tells us about the environment they were living in. Yahweh's people were a definite minority. Regarding this specific rule, though, when my sister and I came upon this a few years back in our study, we declared that Ezra was the reason why women started going to the bathroom in groups. And this still takes place today. (laughs) I've linked a source to this below if you'd like to read for yourself. In case you were wondering, if I could spend the day with any biblical figure other than Yahweh and Messiah, I would choose Ezra without blinking. I feel that his experience uniquely equips him to understand the times we are living in and what it feels like to be a believer in our world today. Side note for those listening, um, I have my puppy Honey in my lap, and she has nodded off to sleep and is very gently snoring. I hope the microphone doesn't pick it up, but if so, now you know the rest of the story. We are reading about a time long since prophesied about. Now, anyone in that time who knew the word of the Father or studied Torah scrolls would have been on the lookout for it. For a long time, prophecy had gone silent. They did not see any of it being fulfilled. But now, the dry bones were rising up. The Father decided it was time, and so He began something new, just as He is doing in our time. Many believers today have no idea what significant times we are living in. 
Since the fall of Jerusalem until the rebirth of Israel as a Jewish nation in 1948, which triggered fulfillment of prophecy once more, we experienced almost 1,900 years in which biblical prophecy was mostly dormant. This dry spell created some significant changes in how the church decided to view prophecy. So why is there not more excitement about prophecy coming true today? To put it simply, most people don't notice. Without a first-hand knowledge of the Bible and without an understanding of exactly who his people are with regards to these prophecies that are coming true, a day of prophecy being fulfilled can look like any other day. But just as we will read prophetic statements in the book of Isaiah that come to complete fruition as predicted in Ezra, remember Isaiah was written two centuries before this time in Ezra, we can also read in Ezekiel 37 about prophecy that's coming true today in our time. That every person in this group who has felt the Father stirring their spirit to read his word is taking part in right now, right this moment, as you read these words. There are numerous prophecies, which we will soon read about, that are taking place in our time. Amazing things are happening. The Father is moving, and His hand sweeps over lives in mighty ways to make straight our paths and to steer the world in line with His plans. Keep in mind, just as the church today may not take as much notice of prophecy due to the extended period of time in which none was fulfilled, so we find Israel in our readings today. As we begin Ezra, it has been nearly 100 years since our Jewish brethren were driven from their homeland. As many as five generations have passed between now and then. And now, this king issues a call for as many as possible to return to their homeland. The problem is, this is a land that many of them have never seen, and they certainly don't consider it to be home. Imagine if your great-grandmother were from England, and she came over here around the time the Titanic sank. That was about 100 years ago, roughly and settled in America. You've lived here your entire life. Your parents and grandparents have lived here their entire lives. If you were able to know your grandmother, you probably recall a few stories she told from time to time that her mother had shared with her about a childhood in England. But that's it. You have no personal connection to England. Perhaps she was part of a specific church in England, and her faith was important to her. Once she came here, There were no churches like that one to worship in, and no priest as she was accustomed to, and so she adapted her religion in order to be able to practice it in her new conditions. And now, generations later, a call goes out to your generation that it's time to return home to England and help rebuild the church so that you can practice the faith of your grandmother. Now we can understand why there wasn't such a sudden rush of Jews returning to their homeland. It simply wasn't home for most of them. But still, the Father stirred the hearts of a remnant and called them back to a home they had never personally known and to true worship of a God that they likely had little firsthand knowledge of. Moving on into our reading, one great commentary I read said that the hearts of kings are in the hand of Yahweh, and He turns them whichever way He will. Cyrus did not know the father, as was prophesied in Isaiah 45.4, which reads, For the sake of Jacob my servant, of Israel my chosen, I summon you by name, and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. Check out Isaiah 44.24 through Isaiah 45.13 to see predictions of the events in Ezra. 
Did you know that Isaiah was written long before Ezra, even though it appears after Ezra in today's Bibles? I've got a graphic in my notes here that you need to check out. It's a timeline for clarity that will really help. We're about to start reading some books that are going to be a bit out of order, but we're going to read them as they appear in our Bibles. So this chart will help with any confusion. Ezra 1.5 Yahweh has decided that it is time for his house to be rebuilt. In this reading, we see, time and again, that it is he who is stirring up the spirits in people, Israelite and Gentile alike. They do not realize it, as many do not realize it today. But he is God over them all. This stirring, spiritual awakening, whatever you want to call it, it has taken place with all of us here reading these passages today. I recall with great detail how the Father stirred up a longing in me, a thirst that only He could quench, that drove me to seek Him out through His Word. He still drives that hunger today. We see people from all walks of life beginning to move to honor Him in our reading today. The orchestrating force behind it all is the Father. In Ezra 2, we see piteously small numbers of the remnant that returned. Estimates are around 5%. However, keep in mind that the Father is always preparing a remnant, and a minuscule number of people, prepared, blessed, and directed by the Father, can overcome any obstacle. Ezra 3 Note that when we read in Ezra 3.6, on the first day of the seventh month, we naturally tend to think of the month of July. However, the Bible does not use a Gregorian calendar as we do. Rather, it uses a Hebrew one. So the months we are talking about in in relation to our calendar are actually September through October. Now, the first day of the seventh month is the Feast of Trumpets, one of the Moedim, otherwise known as Yahweh's appointed times or biblical feast. The tenth day of the seventh month is the Day of Atonement, another Moedim. And the fifteenth day of the seventh month is Sukkot, my favorite feast, referred to in Ezra 3-4 as the Feast of Booths in ESV and sometimes called the Feast of Tabernacles. So, if a Hebrew were to read that it was the first day of the seventh month, they'd immediately perk up, knowing that this is one of the most exciting and meaningful months of the year. Now, a little bonus for you audio listeners. I've talked before about how the spring feast all foretell of events that have been fulfilled. These fall feasts that I just listed here, they foretell of events that are yet to be fulfilled. The Feast of Trumpets, tells of when Messiah is going to return for us. The Day of Atonement foretells the Day of Judgment. And the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, as I call it, that tells of the time in which we are going to dwell again with our Father. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.